Hi, welcome to another episode of Kids Are People Too. My name is Kaya. I am licensed clinical social worker and parent coach, um, helping to bridge that gap between parents and their preteens and teenagers, helping them, helping you to understand them a little bit better. Today, I have a very special guest, Miss Jonna K. Jones, who is a family lawyer, and she's going to talk to us a little bit about the other details of custody and divorce um, and how that impacts children and some things to keep in mind if you're going through that. Hi, uh, hey. would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. So my name is Jonna Jones. I'm an attorney in Mecklenburg County. I practice primarily family law, um, doing divorce, custody, and child support specifically. Um, I've been doing this work for over 10 years, I think it's 12 or 13 at this point. Um, and it's a big passion of mine. It's kind of everything that I do. <laughs> okay. Um, what led you to get into this type of law? Um, I would say that um, I kind of fell into it coming out of law school, trying to figure out what I was going to do. Um, I came out in 08, um, did some part-time work for a while, and then in 2009, I decided to open my firm and um, got introduced to some pretty uh, heavy-hitting attorneys, African-American attorneys here in Charlotte, and met uh, Billy Ellerby, who was, um, he's deceased now, but he was very prominent and really the first Black male attorney who did family law in Mecklenburg County. Um, and so he was pretty much my mentor as I started practicing, and um, I just kind of fell in love with the work. Love it. Okay. Um, so as a family lawyer, when it comes to divorce, what are some of the things that you see often that parents should consider? Um, I think the biggest thing that parents sh should consider is really trying to hammer out a schedule that works for their family. Um, I think a lot of times people want to get the courts involved or attorneys involved, frankly, a little bit too soon. Um, there's a limit to what we can do as attorneys and, and as the judges. Um, we we kind of have standard schedules that we come up with. And there is flexibility if the parties are open to it. But if you're leaving it in the hands of the court, um, you may end up with a schedule that really just doesn't work for your family because it's just a little bit outside of the norm. Um, so my encouragement is talk to your, you know, ex-spouse or ex-period um, and see if you guys can work out an arrangement on your own before getting attorneys involved. Okay, that makes sense. And I didn't realize there were like set schedules that they're already like, no, this is what you're going to do. Um, so yeah, there's some flexibility there. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, usually if, if one parent has primary and the other has visitation, you're looking at every other weekend. Um, there are a few different variations of a joint custody schedule, like a 2 2 um, 3 or 7 7. Um, but, you know, it's, there's not a ton of creativity because we kind of do this day in, day out. But for a specific family that has specific needs, that just may not work for them. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think it's important that you start trying to work on it together at first to see if you can come up with something. Obviously, if you can't, then you get the courts involved. But yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. It's kind of like, okay, y'all can't figure it out. <laughs> we will exactly. figure it out for you. Yep. So exactly. um, 
do you have any suggestions on how parents can make that a little bit easier for themselves in trying to figure that out? Like what are some things that they need to remember or should remember? Um, is it relate to figuring out a schedule or mm-hmm. just, a, yeah. Okay. Um, well, there are a ton of resources on the internet. You know, a lot of attorneys will say, don't Google. And generally I would say the same thing, but when it comes to schedules, if you're trying to get ideas, that's not a bad place to start just to see what that looks like. Look at a yeah. calendar, see how that breakdown works. Um, yeah. I think it's important to be able to articulate to your attorney what it is that you want because that's not our job, right? We can't figure out what your your family, <laughs> what's best for your family, or, you know, we don't know right. all the ins and outs. Um, so if you're telling us, I want a 7-7 schedule, then that's what we're gonna go for, right? Yeah. Um, but if ultimately some other schedule would work better or work just as well, um, that's something only the client knows and needs to be able to express that to their attorney. Kids thrive off of, schedules and stability mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so remembering them and what is best for them too um mm-hmm. like where is the predictability a lot of times as i deal on the other end with behaviors of children who are going through big transitions like a divorce a lot mm-hmm. of times when we are able to implement having a schedule that they know because even mm-hmm. the five-year-olds four-year-olds will tell you mm-hmm. i go here on this day mm-hmm. i go here on yeah, this day and so mm-hmm. that predictability and them being able to because everything else is so confusing for them we don't right. we might tell the kids hey we're getting divorced and we try to give them as much information as they can take as is appropriate when talking to them but at the same time a lot of it we keep to ourselves because we're like oh that's too much for them to know and you know all of that Mm -hmm. so then they're trying to figure everything out so Mm -hmm. a schedule is one thing that helps them to feel like they have a little bit of control um Mm -hmm. not control over you or your time or anything like that but um kind of some stability and grounding so that everything else doesn't seem so chaotic Mm -hmm. um so that schedule i've seen how important that is when it doesn't happen then they're like freaking out or you start to see kids at school at the end of the day um worried about who's going to pick them up or if somebody else picks them up different then it becomes like a meltdown and things like that so Mm-hmm. Um, I've just seen how important that is to yeah, yeah, sure absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. The kids they need to know what's going on. Um, and another thing I would add is, depending on the age of the children, get them involved. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. consider their extracurriculars. Um, consider where the parents are living. Right? Are we living in the same general vicinity? And a joint custody schedule is very easy and practical. If somebody mm-hmm. forgets a lunchbox, it's not. You know, we got to run across town to go get it. Yeah. Um, you know, so all of that should be a part of the conversation um, whenever parties are going to be separating and, and they're trying to figure out how to cope. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what are some of the struggles that you see when it comes to co-parenting attempts? And what advice can you give to parents who are trying to make co-parenting work? Um, I think the biggest struggle is that people let whatever work of their relationship feed into how they deal with each other as it relates to the children. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that's natural, right? We, if you're hurt by the other person, you, you don't want to deal with them anymore. Maybe you want to be petty. Yeah. Um, but it's not, it's never the children's fault. And ultimately the kids need both parents. Right. Um, so focusing on the children is going to be the biggest piece of advice I can give people. Um, because frankly, if you can't do that, and you end up in front of a judge, the judge is only going to look at what's best for the children. The judge does not care what's fair to mom, dad, or mom and mom and dad and dad. They don't care. <clears throat> they care about what's in the children's best interest. And that may or may not look like what you had in mind, right? Um, and different judges weigh things a little bit differently, too. Um, you may have the same facts and circumstances and get two different verdicts from two different judges. So um, that kind of ties into my first um, kind of piece of advice, which is try to work it out on your own if you can. Um, by all means, you know, um, put it into a court order. That's called a consent order when all the parties agree to what it is that they want and they don't have to go in front of the judge for a hearing. They just all sign off and the judge signs and it's the order of the court. Um, so I definitely recommend doing that just so that it's very clear what the parameters are. Um, and some judges are willing to look at, listen to children and some judges are not. So. Um, If your children's perspective is important, you know, um, you're going to want to talk to them about it. A judge may not be willing to do that. So if you want that to be part of the conversation, um, you know, get them involved. Yeah, absolutely. It makes me so sad to see when people let their issues between Mm -hmm. each other get in the way um, because it's only doing a disservice to the kids. And remember, you know, what I teach is mindful parenting. So even in this, we are parenting mindfully and mm-hmm. thinking beyond the current moment. How is this affecting them? How mm-hmm. are they learning how to work out compromise? How are they learning to deal with another person when they're upset with them? And mm-hmm. all of those different things, you are teaching them lessons throughout this whole process they are learning they're watching they see and hear way more than Mm -hmm. you think they Mm -hmm. are seeing and hearing and so Mm -hmm. you know you got to think about them and i was working with a couple that is preparing for a divorce and that was one of the main things that we had to focus on was hey i know that you're mad at each other But that cannot matter when it comes to the kids and you have to think about how things are affecting them. Even when you're like, oh, I'm going to take the house. I'm going to take the car. I'm going Mm -hmm. to do all of these things. Well, how is that affecting the kids? And they're Mm -hmm. watching you do this to someone that used to be your partner, but is still their parent. Right. So all of those different things matter and they watch it they see it it impacts them the way that they will go about relationships in the future um all of those different things so this is crucial for them because it can be civil um and it doesn't have to be hard and nasty all the time yeah and i think if you keep the focus on the kids then it becomes easier to do what you need to do Right. Yeah. Um, if you're if you're in your feelings, then it's going to be very difficult to navigate co-parenting. But if the goal is that we both want to do what's best for our child or for our children, um, then I think it becomes easier to get to a resolution that way. Yeah, absolutely. And kids are not pawns. 
they are not um negotiating tools either um they should not be caught up in any of that and Mm -hmm. well you can't see the kids because of this because of that like you have to check your own mental health your own stressors and triggers and all of that stuff because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day you're hurting them more than you're hurting your partner tell us a little bit about the family law system and some of the core things that you might tell a client to prepare themselves for? Um, well, the biggest thing is it's going to be a while. Okay. <laughs> um, everybody wants stuff quick and easy. Um, and if, you know, as I alluded to earlier, you're going to do a consent order where everybody kind of knows what they want. And this is more of a friendly lawsuit. And we're just trying to make sure we get an order of the court that reflects what we want. Um, then it can be a relatively quick process. But if you are going to be going through the process from start to the bitter end, that process in Mecklenburg County can easily take you over a year before you end up with a permanent order. Um, yeah. So um, biggest thing to know is that it's not, it's not going to go quickly. Um, I would say that um, when it comes to getting in front of a judge, um, that process takes some time as well. There are a couple of ways to get in front of a judge sooner if your facts and circumstances allow for it. And those would be emergency hearings or motions for temporary hearings. And um, I'm sure, you know, we can make a note of this later, but just keep in mind that any of this type of procedural information is exclusive to Mecklenburg County or North Carolina. Um, so if you're listening out there and you're somewhere <laughs> in a different jurisdiction, then this is not going to apply to you. Um, but those are two ways that you can get in front of a judge earlier. If um, there is abuse, neglect, or something like that going on, um, that's going to be a basis for emergency. Um, if somebody's going to flee the country with the child or something like that, that's a basis for emergency. And then the next step up is going to be that temporary parenting arrangement, which means it's not on the level of emergency, but we're having some real conflict when it comes to figuring out the schedule. So maybe one parent is withholding the child or children from the other parent or not exchanging back when they agreed to or something along those lines. And that can be a basis for that motion for a CPA. So that'll get you in a court a little bit sooner. Um, both of those will be probably between a week to maybe six or maybe eight weeks to get in front of a judge um, once you've filed your case. Um, But generally, if neither of those apply, you're going to have to go through court-ordered mediation before you get in front of a judge. So for some people, um, while court-ordered mediation is free, um, if you've got the resources, you may want to consider doing mediation before you even start the case to see if you can come to an agreement that way and then just memorialize it in an order once you've gotten your agreement. Yeah. Okay. Okay, um, so be prepared for it to, it's not going to be two weeks. <laughs> it is not going to be two weeks uh, or even six months. Be prepared for that time and make sure that you're taking care of yourself during that time as well. Because it, it's hard going back and yeah. forth. It can be a big toll on your body, your emotions, your mind, all of that. Um, so definitely having a support system that you can go to to vent to cry to scream to um do whatever you need to do and make sure that support system around you and your family is strong 
Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioned abuse and neglect and something that I've seen. I don't know if I can really say a lot, but a few times is when the abusive parent is given rights and or custody. Um, how does that end up happening? Well, um, I mean, I think it probably comes down to how good is that abuser at masking the abuse, right? Yeah. Um, I can't think of any judge that's going to willingly give custody to an abuser at all. Yeah. Um, so I think it comes down to how does it present? Is the evidence in the, you know, record? Is the judge aware of what's happening? Um, you know, are there criminal charges or DVPOs, domestic violence protective orders that are involved? Um, so looking at the totality of circumstances, you know, what's going on. Unfortunately, um, there is a lot of abuse out here. And unfortunately, there are people who will lie about abuse and say there's abuse and there isn't it, right? So you've got to make sure that you've got your evidence um, and that you're able to articulate that to the judge. Because without that information, the judge may make a decision like that. But I, I can't imagine any judge knowingly doing anything like that. Yeah. Um, I was reading someone's story where the mother would like take off with the kid, was neglectful, all these different things. And it, it took the dad years and years and years to finally get his child and i'm just like oh my Mm. goodness like what is going on how do we not is it a lack of evidence is it like what is it to where we would keep putting this child in these dangerous situations and i know that everything is individualized and i'm sure that there are other parts Mm. that happen but it just makes me so sad to to see because that yeah. child is being damaged, traumatized by that. Absolutely. Yeah, that's heartbreaking. I will say that, you know, many, many moons ago, there was the assumption that mom is going to be best suited to mm-hmm. be the primary caregiver for the children. Thankfully, times have changed. Um, and we have judges who generally think that joint custody is actually the best. Um, because the child needs both parents. And right. so in a perfect world, that's the schedule that most judges are going to order. For all you know, practical purposes, sometimes that just isn't feasible, right? Yeah. You've got one parent that is working and out of town all the time on business and things of that nature, um, whereas one parent is maybe working from home. <laughs> And it's not going to really make sense, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, in a situation where both parents are working, normal jobs, not necessarily going out of town too much, um, live relatively close together, the children's school and extracurriculars and all that can be uh, kept up with by both parents. Um, there's appropriate housing in both places. Um, then there's really no reason not to consider a joint custody schedule. Um, but... I, I would say, yeah, there there has been more of a shift in judges recognizing the contributions and the value that fathers have to their kids. Um, and that was part of what got me interested in representing primarily fathers. I still represent plenty of moms um, as a proud mama too. But um, I do represent a lot of dads because I think that um, that misconception 
is still out there. I don't think it's a necessarily a legal misconception anymore. I think the judges yeah. are aware that that's not appropriate, but I think it's still societal's conception of how yeah. you know kids should be raised. And I think that there's value from both sides, from both parents. And so um, I would say the majority of my practice is representing fathers, and the majority of times, what they're wanting is a joint custody schedule. They still recognize moms need to be a part of the kids' lives. Um, but they want their equal time too. They want to be able to be present and, you know, an active father. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. So you said that you deal a lot with child support and child support is a big topic. It's always a hot topic. What do you think people are missing in these conversations about child support? So that's a big question. <laughs> um, I would say that, hmm, what are they missing? I, I think probably one of the biggest things that everybody misses is that the way child support is calculated, at least in North Carolina, is through guidelines. And those guidelines are not created by attorneys or judges. They are created by your legislature, which is why it is important to vote. <laughs> um, and those folks up there probably don't practice family law. And so a lot of times um, the complaints that I get from parent who is custodial parent, um, which is the term we use for the parent who has, is getting the child support, is that this is not enough. And a lot of the times the complaint we get from the parent who's paying is that I can't afford this. And unfortunately, the guidelines are what they are. Um, so that is probably the biggest thing to get out of it. It is simply math. Um, if the parties combined make more than $30,000 per month, then they are off the guidelines. And so there are going to be other ways that we end up calculating what the child support obligation would be. But for the vast majority of my clients that are on the guidelines, it kind of is what it is with the guidelines. Hmm. I didn't realize that was legislation that made those numbers. <laughs> we don't control it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, a lot of talk gets said about, oh, the mom is using money for this and not for the kids and mm -hmm. all of that. How do you respond to those kinds of things if they come up? It is what it is. She can. <laughs> I think it was at Kanye. She went and got lipo with your money. Yeah, she can. She <laughs> absolutely can. She does not have to account for that. She does not. Um, so, you know, in a classic example like that, where you've got a mom who's getting child support, a dad who's paying, um, I tell dads, it is very important to figure out custody because child support flows from your custody situation. So if you have joint custody, you are going to be on worksheet B, which is going to be less child support. If mom has primary custody, then you're on worksheet A, which is more expensive child support. Um, so you know, you want to keep that in mind because the more custody you have, the less you're going to pay in child support, which stands to reason because you've got the child with you more and you're paying more of those expenses directly for the child yourself as opposed to paying another party um, that has the child the majority of the time. Yeah. So it really pays. It's cheaper 
to just be involved <laughs> in your Absolutely. kids' life. It's a win-win. <laughs> it <Yes>. is. <laughs> and making sure that that time is quality time spent when you do have mm-hmm. your child. And it's not like, Absolutely. oh, like I've heard it so many times. Oh, yeah, we just go to grandma's house or, you know, whatever. And they're not really getting time with their parents. So um, making sure that it's quality time that you are spending with your children and um that you're thinking of them first and that's what this whole thing is about right because yeah. here on those black high podcast it is all about fostering healthy minds and so in order to do that you have to think about them first and how this is all affecting them um and i don't know it's just like what Sometimes, and I've seen a lot of posts about this, you know, like, what do you really think that I'm doing with this amount of money that is coming in? And it does. It takes a lot to raise a kid. And it's a little different once you've separated households (laughs) and you all were going from sharing or having, Mm -hmm. you know, dual income versus now you're having to take a specific amount. And mm-hmm. give to another person. It just feels yeah. different, oh, yeah. um, but <laughs> you know, and that's yeah. because you're seeing exactly how much. And even when you budget, it's a little bit different than mm-hmm. like I'm having to give money over to this specific person. I think is a mm-hmm. lot of times what it is the is the big deal. But um, yeah. remembering that the kids, the kids are first. Absolutely. Any other things that you feel that the listeners should know or keep in mind anything that I didn't ask about? Definitely, you know, working with a counselor. Um, You know, a lot of times my clients are very frustrated and hurt, sometimes depressed. Um, Any number of expected emotions when you are breaking up your family, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't think that my clients heed my advice when I say you need to get counseling, right? Because as an attorney, I'm a listening ear, but that's not what I went to school for. I I don't have Mm -hmm. tools to help you cope with this new normal. I have tools to try to get you what you want in court. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if you're not sure what you want, because you're not sure what's going on with you, then, you know, therapy is going to be a big part of maybe your new normal, right? To get through this period of your life. Um, and heck, we should all be in therapy no matter what, (laughs) right? (laughs) Oh, we all got stuff going on, regardless of marital status, children, and everything else. But definitely, when you're going through something as life-altering as um, divorce, or even if you were never married and you're just co-parenting or, you know, living together, Mm -hmm. that separation, um, I think that that's really important that people need to heed Um, their mental health much more than they do Um, because you know as an attorney I'm limited in what I do and I'm a very limited part of your life I'm in here and get down and dirty get you what you want as best I can advise you on the law and then once we've got your order in place that's it right and so you know you may feel better in that moment but you've got to live the rest of your life you've got to finish raising these kids and um, I think taking care of your, your mental health is going to be a big component of moving forward and, and having a, a healthier um, relationship with yourself and your children. 
Yes, absolutely. And that's something that I talk about a lot is the relationship um, because that is basically what everything boils down to. Um, and, you know, I have a lot of people that come and they're like, oh, I'm getting a divorce. So I want my kids to be in therapy because they recognize that that can be hard for them. But like you said, you need to be in therapy as well. This is a big transition yeah. and even just processing what's happening regardless of which side of the divorce you're on whether mm -hmm. you were the one who said hey this is what needs to happen or mm -hmm. your partner was the one who said that or even if it was a mutual decision and mm -hmm. you feel like we came to terms with this very easily mm -hmm. and very well it's mm -hmm. still a lot to process your life is getting yeah. ready to change things are going to be mm -hmm. different and mm -hmm. so making sure that you're prioritizing yourself in that as well and definitely getting the kids in therapy that way mm -hmm. they can process different things outside of you because they may feel yeah. like I'm scared to ask mm -hmm. my parents this question or that question or sure. tell them that I'm sad or I don't want to make them feel bad or all those different mm -hmm. things that mm -hmm. tend to come up or I don't want to tell them that I'm angry with them yeah so yeah. they need somebody a safe mm -hmm. space Absolutely. to express I am angry that my parents mm -hmm. couldn't just work this out um yeah. because they are very um they see everything like yeah. I said before you know and they take on a lot of that and sometimes it's not easy to talk to your parents about what's going on and some parents aren't even open to listening yeah. to what they're That's saying true. and even like oh you don't have a say in this like we're the adults and mm -hmm. we make these mm -hmm. decisions and obviously you do but they like, are still a part of it they yeah. this is going to affect them forever as well yeah, yeah. i agree it's, it's super important i also hear people say things like oh well we're staying together for the kids we're mm. putting off divorce until the kids are 18 out of the house. What yeah. do you say to clients Ooh. that, <laughs> or potential clients that may be mm -hmm. thinking along those lines? So this would be a personal thing and not necessarily a legal one, right? Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I grew up in a household that was very tumultuous. I begged my parents as a child to get a divorce mm -hmm. um, because it was very clear to me <laughs> that they just were not compatible. Yeah. Um, and they were very different people. You know, they say opposites attract. And that was my parents. <laughs> they were opposites. They attracted. <laughs> they also blew up a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so to me, I felt like everybody would have been happier if they had just gotten divorced. And eventually I did divorce them <laughs> once I was an attorney. Um, and this wasn't their first divorce. They wow. got married very young. Um, they had my brother. They got divorced. They married two other people. Um, and then they got remarried, got pregnant with me, had me, raised me. And then um, once I became an attorney, I think this was now maybe five, six years ago, I did their divorce. Um, so um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, I never believe in staying in something that is not healthy mm -hmm. um, because of the kids, because kids see what's going on, right? Even yeah, if you try to do all of this fighting and arguing behind closed doors, they can feel that energy. You can feel the energy when 
people don't like each other. There's cold shoulder. There was previously some affection. Now there's none. Um, and even if you weren't overly affectionate, you know, when you were happy together, mm-hmm. the kids can still feel when something has shifted, Absolutely. right? Um, and I think they can sense that very early on. This is not something that the kids have to be a teenager to recognize. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think the most important thing that you can do for your child is to show how important your mental health is um, so that they take that in is, okay, when and if I decide to get into a relationship or a marriage down the road, I recognize that my mental health is important. Um, you know, oftentimes I see <clears throat> potential clients come in who did do just that. They waited till the kids got out of school. And now, you know, there are things that they would have liked to accomplish or relationships maybe they would have pursued that may not be available now because so many years have passed. Um, and now the children are moving on and they're living their lives. And, you know, now you're kind of looking like, well, man, I made all these sacrifices and <laughs> fly the nest. Well, that's what you raised them to do. Right. Yeah. Um, and so and it's not their responsibility to make your senior years happy. That's on you. Right. We're all responsible for our own happiness. Um, and they've got to go live their own lives. So um, I, I just Absolutely. Do not recommend staying together for the children. If that is yeah. the only thing holding y'all together, let it go. Um, right. You know, because if, if you're in a position where you are able to stay together only because of the children, then it sounds like you got a good co-parenting relationship, which means mm-hmm. if you split up, you should still have a good co-parenting relationship. You right. still are putting yeah. the kids first, um, but the kids are able to see you happy. And you want your kids to see you happy because you want them to be happy. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think most parents would agree that if they're in a bad relationship or marriage, they would not want their, their children to stay in that if it were right. to happen to them down the road, right? So you've got to lead the way, <laughs> you know, you've got to um, live what it is that you're hoping that they live once they get to that point. Um, and you're going to be the best example to them and just, you know, living your life. Um, focusing on them absolutely but you're still a person too you were a person before you became a parent you know you need to remember who that person was um and you know if if the only thing that's keeping you together is the kids then no, just let me go <laughs> yeah you may actually be doing more harm than good mm-hmm. by staying together mm-hmm. and absolutely. yes they'll be sad and I think we see so many people like, oh, my parents divorced, so now the rest of my life is miserable. Or, you know, you see all of these grand scale responses, but I think mm-hmm. it also has to do with how does the family handle it? And yeah. they will be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, get them into therapy, like we said, and yep. manage the transition, focus on the kids and not just what serves you and your Mm -hmm. ego Mm -hmm. and they will be okay from there um but watching you all fight watching you all try to pretend like you like each other if you really don't all those different things it negatively impacts them so um you're not doing them any service and you're teaching them to stand up for what their needs are you're teaching them Mm -hmm. Um, that they don't have to stay in a situation where they are unhappy, where it's unhealthy for them to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And I would say even 
talking to your kids about the reason sometimes can be helpful using, you know, the sense that you have, obviously, and, you know, doing that in an age-appropriate way and not telling them absolutely everything to where you're doing too much, but helping them to learn, like, okay, these are, and maybe that happens after therapy, right? Because Mm -hmm. in the beginning, maybe you're upset, you're emotions are high, all of those things. But even talking to a therapist about what all do I share with my children? How do I talk to them about this? What are the different things that I should say versus what I shouldn't say? Right. Mm -hmm. And you can create a plan around that. But like I said, they are watching, (laughs) they are learning, you are teaching skills indirectly. Um, communication skills, problem solving, coping skills, all of that. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, definitely, definitely. I would say that most judges are going to, um, order and in any consent order that I'm going to be drafting, generally, we're not going to be talking about why the the relationship ended. Mm -hmm. Um, frankly, it's, it's just, you know, it's going to be hard to talk about that in neutral terms, right? (laughs) Um, whether you were the reason why it ended or you're the one who has got has to deal with the fallout of whatever mm-hmm. happened. Um, so we, we tend to say that we're not going to discuss those pieces and we're not going to discuss the actual custody um, case or child support case with the children um, because I think it's important that they understand that, that this is going to be the new normal, what those new parameters are going to be, what that schedule is going to be like. All of that is very important. Um, and that obviously the relationship is, is, is sour to the point that this is where we are now. Mm-hmm. Um, but getting into the details, I think can be a bit tricky and most courts are not going to want you to, to do that because that's likely going to, um, make the children feel like they need to be on one side or the other, which is not what you want. Right. Because yeah. then that relationship with the parent who may be messed up um may sour and the kids need both parents even if one of the parents you know was the one that was completely in the wrong um they still need to be a parent and they still need to you know be respected as a parent um so i think it's it's a little tricky when you're talking about the reasons why the relationship ended right yeah and you know eventually that other parent may have a new partner and that is like you should also be teaching your children respect and all of that not talking down about the other person Mm -hmm. or trying to make them have hatred towards the other person like Mm -hmm. blended families really have the opportunity to be so great (laughs) but we often let ego and pride Mm -hmm. get in the way and it's like you now have at least one maybe more uh, like if both parents remarry or whatever some someone else to help support your child um and so looking at it that way that Mm -hmm. oh my goodness my child has another person to love them to Mm -hmm. care for them to Mm -hmm. help them as mm-hmm. a resource, you know, and it's like, oh, I don't want you doing this or doing that, but that's you. And right. so we shouldn't be projecting that because that doesn't that right. doesn't serve them. It doesn't make things any easier for anyone. 
Um, yeah. So, okay. We might have to have a part two on just that part alone. Like, blended <laughs> families and how to make that um, part happen yeah. well. But um, thank you so much for your time and your expertise. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Um, tell us how we can connect with you. Sure. So the easiest thing is to jump online. My website is lawofficeofjkj.com. Um, you can give my office a call. My assistant Carmela will be the one to reach back out and set you up with a consultation. That's always going to be the first step um, so that we can kind of talk about your case, what the plan is, um, my thoughts, my advice, um, and as well as pricing for any representation that you're going to need. Um, and, you know, I, I tell folks a lot of times, um, you know, it's better to get advice maybe before you even need it than to not, right? You don't want to wait until somebody has filed an action against you and scrambling to try to find an attorney. You feel like things are starting to go south, reach out to an attorney, you know, get a consultation, understand what your rights and responsibilities are so that you can plan appropriately, right? Um, I think that's the biggest thing that people can do if they feel that the relationship is, is going to be headed in that direction, is get that advice. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean you got to hire anybody or you got to hire anybody right now. But to have that knowledge, the knowledge is power, it really is to know what your options are and what you're up against if you end up having to go to court. I've got to remember my handle from Instagram. I think it is lawjkj, um, but let me double check. Oh. Yes, you're right. Um, and on Facebook, it's Law Office of Johnny K. Jones, PLLC. Um, and I believe that's all I'm on Facebook and Instagram. Um, I'm on LinkedIn as well. If you want to connect with me there, it's my name, Johnny K. Jones. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, and you all definitely go follow her. She has a great um, amount of content around children and how they fit into all of this which is why I reached out and I was like oh, this is so perfect someone who understands someone who gets it and can bring both of the worlds together uh, I've been wanting to do this episode for a long time but I was like but I need the right person who is it and it was you so thank you so much thank I appreciate you. it I appreciate um, and thank you for taking some time out to spend with me today um, and we will definitely be sending some people your way all right. Thanks so much. All right, thank you. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for sticking with another episode of Kids Are People Too. Remember that kids are their own individual people with their own emotions, their own feelings, their own thoughts, beliefs, all of that. Um, and we are still, even with the names change, fostering healthy minds and children through positive relationships with the adults that interact with them and um we'll see you next time don't forget to uh, submit your child for a bloom award uh, we want to definitely acknowledge their efforts their achievements their accomplishments all of that check the show notes for information on that the links to do that you can also find more information on my website notesbykai.com slash bloom awards so thank you and talk to you next time bye